Hello and welcome to The Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. This tape is produced in the spirit of essays, 12 Steps to Carry the Message. Members of the Fellowship should bear in mind essays 11th tradition regarding anonymity at the level of press, radio, TV, and films in the use of this tape. Anonymity to this extent is actually the practice of genuine humility. Humility, expressed by anonymity, is the greatest safeguard that SA could ever have. My name is Dennis. I'm a grateful recovering sexaholic. Through the grace of God, I've been sober since 524 of 1990. Please join with me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Good morning, I'm Bernie. I'm a recovering sexaholic. And I would like it if we could just take a moment of silence and then uh, I'd like to say a short prayer to open this meeting. Dear God, we praise you for your greatness. We praise you for the miracles that you have demonstrated to us. We ask that you would be with us here at this time to speak through these panel members. That we would hear your will for us, that we would Know that your holy presence is here. We just praise you for all the things that have happened this weekend here. Please be with us. Amen. Many times I've used the AA Big Book and sometimes I get in a panic and I try to find something and I over and again I've looked up in the table of contents to try to find the 12 steps I don't think it's an accident that they're not listed either in the appendix or the table of contents they happen to show up on page 59 and I think part of that is it's sometimes we I tend to look at the 12 steps as a list and uh I think what's possibly what we're being told is that the 12 steps are part of the whole. The, the more that we can make our lives in, integrate these steps into our lives, the more we become what these steps are about. Um, 
On page 60, it talks about step three, where we decided to turn our will and our life over to God as we understand Him. So what does that mean? Well, many of us said to our Maker, as we understand Him, God, I offer myself to Thee to build with me and to do with me as Thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage itself that I may better do Thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of Thy power, Thy love, in the way of life. May I do Thy will always. Yeah, I'd like to uh, ask Debbie from Detroit to come up. Thank you. Hi, my name is Debbie, and I'm a very grateful member of Vesna. And uh, this is supposed to be a spiritual panel. And uh, just to let you know, uh, those who have seen me at conferences before, I'm in a different place this weekend than I was six months ago in Rochester, New York. Uh, my, my mood this weekend is not as bright and cheery as it was then, six months ago. I came here with a lot of sadness this weekend. There have been um, some big events in the last few months uh, that uh, have really impacted me. And uh, even though I come here with a lot of sadness this weekend, I'm in an even stronger place spiritually. Twelfth step says, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. And because of that, I'm just going to touch briefly on some of the steps where I've had little mini spiritual awakenings. Because this uh, sense of spirituality that I have today, it didn't come to me in one giant lightning bolt. Okay, it uh, came in little uh, mini flickers, flickers of light, flickers of hope uh, along the way uh, through people just like you here uh, and through God speaking through each of you. Um, first of all, uh, when I got to step one, we were just talking this morning uh, in a little meeting before this uh, about uh, step one. And for me, I, I need to see it in two parts. When I uh, stepped into my first Essendon meeting in August of uh, 1987, I was very quick to admit that my life was, was not totally unmanageable, totally crazy. Uh, but that part about powerlessness... Um, I didn't see for at least a good six months. Uh, my self-esteem was uh, as low as it could be, and I was suicidal, but I still thought I had a lot of power. 
over other people, places, and things, and situations in my life. And uh, a good friend in Esanon uh, spoke about how uh, powerlessness doesn't need to be equated with helplessness. It's not the same thing. And that was a little spiritual awakening flicker for me. That, okay, just because I might be powerless over my own craziness, over other people and their behaviors, it doesn't mean I'm helpless as far as changing something about my situation. Um, I participated in a very in-depth step study group that actually went on for a couple years. And... Uh, when we were working on the fourth step, I think that took that took a good ten months. Uh, wrote about the character defects. Wrote about isolation. Actually, I didn't write about isolation. I put a big X through that section in the workbook we were using. And uh, what, just about a year, year and a half ago, when I went to an Essendon retreat in. In Chicago, I pulled out that old workbook and uh, realized what isolation really meant. You know, I, I heard people uh, come into Essendon, and and actually, I heard people in SA talk about just isolating, cutting themselves off from the rest of the world, from friends, from hobbies and activities. And I thought, why well, didn't do that? So I didn't isolate. Uh, I, I still did things with friends. Uh, I, I worked full-time. Actually, for a lot of the time, I worked two jobs. And what I didn't realize until that, you know, retreat in Chicago, uh, isolation is not just a physical thing. It's, it's an emotional thing. And uh, I was very, very active, of course, and had friends and coworkers, but I never shared myself with them. I never shared my pain. I could listen to anybody else's problem, but I walked around as if I didn't have any problems even though I was literally dying inside. That was another little flicker for me, a little spiritual awakening, you know, realizing that. Um, step six, that's a, that's a big deal for me. Uh, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Uh, the spiritual awakening in that for me was uh, realizing Step six is not an action step. You know, like a lot of the other steps say, um, became willing to, you know, we were willing to turn our lives over. We admitted that we were powerless. We sought through prayer and meditation. We, you know, admitted when we were wrong. Uh, those are all action things. Step six, all we need to do is be open and willing. Don't have to do anything. And that was a real revelation to me because I always thought I had to heal my being with my doing. I had to be doing, 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 doing. Uh, before recovery, I was always doing things for other people. And I certainly learned that early on. I, you know, was raising my mother since I was about five. And, uh, as an adult and uh, in my marriage, I was doing things to to get approval, to, to be loved. I had that need to be needed. And uh, with with step six, all I had to, I didn't have to do anything. I just had to be and, and just be open and willing and let, let God decide when it's, when it's time and God's time. 
to remove whatever or lift whatever needed to be lifted from me. Uh, I've also uh, realized that not only has God been speaking to me through uh, members of, of SA and Ethanon, uh, but sometimes God speaks to me through the uh, oddest people, and one of those recently has been my mother. Um, I, I do believe my mother is one of those people, as it states in the uh, big book, is that one of those people who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves, and therefore is not capable of very much change. Um, but I've never been able to figure out why my mother is as crazy uh, as she is. Uh, she's told me before that uh, when I asked her, I've asked her about her childhood, that well, her father was getting drunk all the time, and her mother was always having nervous breakdowns. And well, considering how crazy my mother is, I still thought, well, so what? You know, what else? And uh, totally out of the blue, uh, this was, I don't know, about a month or two ago, that she just blurted out something about her childhood that she didn't have a very good childhood, and I said, well, I assume that, and. Uh, she went on to, to tell me about uh, these girls that her mother had working for her when, when my mother was, was growing up. And uh, to make a long story short, my, I guess my grandmother was a madam, had uh, prostitutes working for her or living in my mother's house when she was growing up. And uh, my mother said that she would oftentimes be awakened in the middle of the night to the uh, police raiding the house. And uh, I really appreciate that, that bit of history. And I was able to tell her that, you know, I'm, you know, that I'm so sorry that those things happened and that those things went on. And uh, it was an opportunity, I guess, for my heart to feel into her heart. <laughs> Uh, because I don't, you know, I don't think my mother has progressed emotionally beyond the age of, of two or three. Uh, very, very, uh, self-centered and, uh, can't see outside herself. So I, I believe that that bit of information just came from God through her. <laughs> because my mother doesn't talk about anything, doesn't admit anything, and that piece of history really helped. Uh, you know, sexaholism is, is a is a family disease. I grew up in a sexually addicted home. I'm an incest survivor, and that bit of history uh, just helps to explain where it all came from. I don't know where it all came from on my dad's side of the family, but that piece of history helped. Um, I was doing some some reading about uh, courage before I came to this conference, and the book I was reading spoke about how uh, a lot of people think that courage is the absence of fear. And this book said that, uh, you know, courage isn't the absence of, of fear. The absence of fear is some kind of mental disorder. <laughs> so you, you can all breathe a sigh of relief now, okay? If, if 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 you have all this fear, it, it, it's okay. The, the courage means going ahead with what you need to do, with what's in your best interest, in spite of the fear, or in in spite of the fa the pain that you're probably going to feel. 
And through what has transpired in my life the, the last few months, I, I know that, that the courage is there uh, because I've uh, done some very painful things that I needed to do uh, to do what's in my best interest. I, I spoke at the at our SM birthday meeting about uh, just really knowing through and through, and then and this is a spiritual feeling that uh, never again will I blow my own candle out. Um, I won't I won't sacrifice me. Uh, for a relationship. Uh, I, I was engaged to be married and I just broke off that relationship uh, four weeks ago. And uh, people told me, you know, it took a lot of courage to do that. Wedding plans were made and everything else. And uh, yeah, it did take courage. It did take strength. And, uh, you know, through the grace of God and uh Having a very strong SNN program, very strong support system, I was able to do um, what was in my best interest. And uh, another uh, another way that uh, God spoke to me this weekend through someone else, uh, I was very touched and given some hope when I heard. Uh, Mike's talk uh, Friday evening. Uh, <clears throat> besides uh, ending a relationship that I thought was leading to marriage, uh, I was also uh, pregnant, and I uh, I had a miscarriage at the end of April, and uh, it was the saddest thing I've I've ever experienced. Uh, many of you who know me are aware that uh, I've always wanted a a child. The pregnancy was a total surprise, but uh, very much wanted. And uh, my fiance at at the time, uh, he was there for me that day. But you know, a week later, he had difficulty understanding why I was still feeling sad about this. And uh, what I've learned also is that it's that I can have simultaneous feelings, meaning I can I can feel sad about what's the events that have happened the last few months, but I, I still know that there's a lot of joy in my life. And uh, that's that's what recovery has given me. Uh, I can feel the pain, I can feel the joy, and through coming here this weekend, uh, I can feel the hope. That's, uh, that's something I, I requested and put out there to God that, at the birthday meeting uh, that I wanted this weekend. Because I know I, I know I have the courage and I know I have the strength, but uh, I needed to go back home with a little ray of hope, and that has transpired for me this weekend. And I'm uh, I'm grateful to everyone who's here, uh, everyone from Portland. This has been a tremendous conference, and everybody from around the country. Uh, I just appreciate the the fellowship. I appreciate the friendship, uh, and uh, uh, all the love and acceptance I've felt this weekend. And uh, I'll end there. Thanks. Thank you, Debbie. Um, I forgot to mention something. Three years ago, uh, I went to treatment uh, 
for uh, codependency and also the sexual disorder. And I was, uh, it was about a one month, uh, time and, and, uh, there's a lot of denial that was confronted there too. Uh, a year later I went back to, uh, the, the center for a reunion and <clears throat> I got to know the director while I was there because I'm really, really bad, you know, I'm really special. Uh, so I, I got to, uh, have a little time with him on Saturday evening and, and he said, well, Bernie, how's your, <clears throat> how's your recovery going? And I said, well, it's, it's going pretty well, uh, except for the spiritual part. And, uh, he said, oh, that's the most important part. So that was, that was a real wake up call again. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.